a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's knocked the headgear off him. This is Footy Talk Journos edition. Dave Riccio is here. Dave, what hey, Good to be here, guys. And I really want to dive into this Adam O'Brien contract situation. Mm. Remarkably, he's about to get a new contract extension. And Michael Chamis, we tried to drop him, but he uh, impressed the training this week. So, Chammy is here. I don't think I'll say much. I'm just happy Danny's not here. So, And I'll talk about the West Tigers. Let's I, go. I have to. Footy Talk Journos edition, and this week Michael Chamis is here from the Sydney Morning Herald. Once Hello, again, Adam. And nine sometimes. Yeah, when he whenever can, I feel like he it. He can nick the microphone off. Danny Widler, who isn't here this week, but Dave Riccio from the Daily and Sunday Telegraph and uh, Fox coverage. Uh, oh, we've got a little, you know, yeah. across the bows here, you two. Yeah. Good right. to be here, boys. Yeah. Does it's it good. get competitive? Oh, it's good to work with a professional on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Thanks. Well, why the sick? How long has he been sick for? It's been four days now. I don't know. You're the one that sneezed. Though. COVID. What's wrong with he? He's a germ, germaphobe. Oh, yeah. like Mr. Burns in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, really scared. Like during COVID, like was panicking and wouldn't like get near anyone. Double mask. That was a few. Double of those. mask. Double social distancing. Does what? it this time of year though, guys? Like, because you're you know opposite rivals. Sides. You're rivals. Yes. Yeah, heated rivals sometimes. Yep. But it's all professional. Um, does it get a bit full on at times when you're chasing? Yarns and you, you oh. like it even more so this time of year, given the fact that we've gone from eight games a weekend to four to two. The stories are drying up a little bit. I think the stories change, and that sounds a bit odd for the listeners. The story, the narratives change where we start to look at bigger picture stories as well. Like, just the, the because you're right, because we're down to four, six, eight, ten teams, whatever mm. it is, and we've pretty much told these storylines about the players throughout the season. So we're, we're starting to look at the bigger picture stories that impact the game and that can be competitive because yeah. there's only so many of those bigger mm. picture stories doing the rounds. Yeah, I don't think it's as competitive as it once was though. I've heard some horror stories back in the day of what it was like in the 90s and yeah, 80s amongst the uh, the league journos. But uh, I, there's a mutual respect between competitors. We go away on camps all the time. Like I remember we went, what, 10 years ago, we used to go to Coffs Harbour and mm. Uh, go to origin camps, have a good time. You've got to do your work. And then once you finish your work, you sort of go for a feed together down the pub and mm. have a lemon squash. So it's good fun. But I, I think what's changed over the years is actually what actually we thought would – like typical origin or finals week stories where you get to play, you do the big interview and, you know, all about this guy. I don't think those stories rate as much as they used to. Like, mm. well, they don't rate as much. We get the metrics well, they don't. Now. That's right. And you put all this time into a nice story with, you know – Flavor of the month, someone like a Siwa Wong, or yeah, but reality is people just want people just want news and drama. Like that Valentine Home story on Sunday, I imagine the same thing with News Corp. Those those numbers with, went through the roof, mm. and, and the Jack White and stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Valentine. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Valentine. Yeah, I had a mental yeah. blank. Then Valentine, <laughs> the Valentine Valentine Home stories was huge. Like, yeah. and and Shammy's right. But in answer to your question, I don't think it becomes more competitive at this point of the year. I think mm. it's just competitive throughout the year. Yep. But it, it certainly died off as far as the the tension of, you know, getting the back page back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Okay. That was full on. Now you just got to get it up in the digital age. Well, that's right. You just got to get it on there and out straight yeah. away before and, and, you get and, done. And due to the digital age, fans and readers don't really know who broke the story anyway, but within yeah. about 10 minutes. That's yeah. true. 
That's true. Well, back in the day, if you had a back page story, you couldn't recover. Like pre-internet days, you couldn't recover. You, you, you lose and everyone day. knew you, you lost that day because they had the mm. better yarn on the back page. Whereas now if you lose, within 10 minutes, you can kick a field goal and you're, <laughs> you're level. Yeah. <laughs> Something that Nico Hines couldn't do the other night. No. Dave Riccio. No, he, no, it, no. Uh, your little beach shack there in Cronulla. Yeah, no, please. Show some respect. <laughs> still, he's hey, still destroyed. Tribalism. Okay. Yes. Uh, is the lifeblood of the game. Yep. And um, even when you're locking out 20,000. Yep. But that's yeah, all right. Good on Cronulla. They've locked out how many over the last two years and they haven't won a game at home. Yeah. Well done, boys. Mix well it done. up a bit. Um, coming from a Penrith man. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Penrith man. Yes, you are. I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. He's you a Tigers are. man. Yeah. I'm a, dra- I'm I'm a dragon. He's a communications advisor for Lee Hatcher-Bentelis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I need a fedora suit, actually, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up. Hit him up. Guys, uh, we will start, though, with, with a, a good news story. Oh, that's incredible Boring. when you're talking about judos and everything like that. But Adam O'Brien, who was, don't want to call him a dead set goner, but I mean, you go back 12 months and you remember he was the one coming out and saying, I've done this, I've done that, I've been in winning environments, this has to change. And then it gets to this year and all those murmurs about, is he going to stay? What's going to happen to him? Are they sounding out other people? Where's the truth lie on all of what's happened with Newcastle away from the field in the last... 10 to 12 weeks. Oh, there was no doubt in the world that there were head coaches throughout the game approached by, be it people acting on behalf of the club. Mm. I'm not going to point a finger at any current official at the club going and meeting the likes of Michael Maguire or Des Hasler, Mm. but certainly there were intermediaries that made contact to those people. Wow. Right? And that was happening behind Adam's back. And how close was it? It was damn close. Mm. I mean, there was a game there where they played the Bulldogs and that was high-pressure stakes game. Was that the one they pumped the Bulldogs they in? They did. In they the responded. End, but before. They responded in emphatic fashion. Mm. And I think if they didn't get the result that day, then it was all over. To, to, be, to be fair to Newcastle though, right, and and the results weren't good. I know they've had a lot of injuries over the course of the last two years, but the results weren't good and the club was starting to see which direction is going, going to head in, right? Mm. It's the same thing. That resulted in Adam O'Brien getting the job at Newcastle, though. Like, you, you have to remember that Adam O'Brien was sounded out to the point where Nathan Brown walked when he found out. Yeah. True? Isn't That's what happened. Nathan Brown had found out that someone at the club had been in touch with Adam O'Brien and said, I'm out. Now, Adam O'Brien didn't do the same thing. Adam O'Brien decided that I'm going to dig my heels in, and it's resulted in him turning their season around and obviously extending – It's gonna. well, he, he will extend his time at the club. He'll no doubt get an extension now, but – it's just the nature of it's the nature of the job, and Adam, Adam benefited from it once, and now he was on the receiving end of it. Was that yarn around? Was there murmurs around at the time when Newcastle was sounding out these guys, or is it only coming to light now because of its? Uh, no, there were definitely murmurs at the time. Oh, there were. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Was take, it reported? Yeah, I can't remember. There, there were things written in column items. I think I remember the Justin Holbrook situation as well. A bit later, after the talk around Maguire and McGregor. Yep. But the, the Holbrook one, someone definitely had met with him and Adam Adam was told because someone spotted them together mm. and he approached the club about it. Yeah. So, Holbrook, Holbrook went on a tour, didn't he? He was spotted with everyone having oh, yeah, coffee. He's, he's yeah. around the country. Um, what I've liked from Adam O'Brien, you know, you made that point about how a season ago he was mm. pointing out that I've been here before, yeah. I know what to do. But then this season there was this, I don't know, moment of clarity where he actually started to acknowledge that he was a dead man walking. Yeah. You know, he actually said – I know I'm fighting for my life here. Mm. Like, and I loved that honesty because it showed he wasn't afraid 
to ignore what was happening behind his back. Mm. And it was almost like he was getting an upper hand on the club and whoever, not necessarily the people at the club, but people acting for the club, an upper hand on them to say, hey, I know what you're doing. Mm. There's a hint of existentialism about it. I've <laughs> yeah. been reading Albert Camus in the, uh, what is it, in the depths of a... Uh, you lost of the, No, in you the depths of the brain. coldest winter, they lie inside yeah, me it. an invincible summer. That's the one. I, that's, that's how you yeah. live your life, that's Chammy. What, yeah. yeah, I've read that one. Yeah. Read a book? Yeah. <laughs> well, Adam O'Brien's read it. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that the, you know, gets this clarity and so all of a sudden his team play the type of footy that they have. So what's the right model then? Don't say anything, sack the coach, then go look for someone and then no. find out there's no one better? No, that's the worst thing you well, can exactly. do. Well, so exactly. Unless it's an absolute disaster and you've won two games from 18-19. Like, like the Dragons had with Griffin. And they should have moved him on late well, last exactly. year. So, mm. so everyone criticised the Dragons because it, we all saw D Griffin as a dead man walking and they tried to do the right thing by him and said, we're going to interview other people. So they went. They were upfront about it. They were criticised. Newcastle do the, the opposite. They go behind Adam's back. They speak to people. They do. They do their due diligence on different coaches to see Gold what's Coast. out there. Gold Coast as well. We have, with, exactly. With yeah. Gold Coast did the same thing with Des. So I think when you've ever got what's a footy, the right model, then well, the right mo the right model is the wrong model is the model where a footy club has no idea who they represent, what they want to look like, and what coach they need. And so when you make a decision on a head coach that, hey, mate, we're going to go start interviewing coaches because we're not sure if you're our head coach, at that point in time, you let go of the coach, but also management need to recognise that they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, but a lot of clubs <laughs> a lot of clubs who are looking for a coach are in I mean a situation <laughs> where they're in the doldrums, though. You don't go looking for a coach because your club is in a great position. They've re-signed him. I'm not, I'm not debating the fact that the Dragons should not have re-signed Anthony Griffin. That was a mistake from the yeah. club. I don't mind what they did so at the start of this year, but there, there is no actual perfect answer to how to get rid of a coach because the reality is you're going to have to lie, you're going to have to keep secrets mm. and get it done like the Gold Coast Titans did. And how many clubs can That's do that? That's the perfect way to do it. Well, so the, the, the Knights tried to do that. It got out though. So it's not the perfect way to do it if it gets out. Or if it gets out. Yeah. yeah. But the reason it didn't get out, one. But they didn't appoint the any Gold coach. They didn't, the Knights didn't appoint any coach. They started to run around and started to talk to about three or four different coaches. Hmm. The Titans went and went to Des Hasler and wrapped it up in a week. Yeah. yeah. So, but what if Des Hasler said, I'm not interested though? Or what if they weren't impressed with Des Hasler? They had to go to the next person, next yeah, person. Yeah, but they would have heard, surely they would they have done their due. They make the phone call. So first. the West Tigers did it last year. They sacked Michael Maguire. Knowing full well that Cameron Sorrell is the man they want. Uh, they yeah, get it done. They yeah, but mate, they, they, again, you, you, it's, they still had so much water to get to, to yeah. get Cameron Sorrell there. Hadn't even toured the facilities. Yeah, but, but that's because Cameron Sorrell wouldn't do it while the coach was still employed. Yeah, which is why Des is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no surety in any of it. You look at a, like, go to another code that I know pretty well, Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson retires. Okay, what now? And they have gone through every big name, yeah. most approachable, appetising option at that time, a couple not so much, yeah. and they haven't won a Premier League since mm. then. The biggest commercial club in the world. So you can have all these things lined up. You can have, you know, I mean, they've got tyre sponsors in Thailand and things like that. They mm. have got so much revenue coming into their club. That arm is fine. They can buy any player they want but they can't get the right guy yeah. in the place. <laughs> yeah. And the way that they're doing it yeah, there's now- no, look, There's no magic bullet, is there? No. Yeah. It's just a few things have got to line up at That's once. That's right. It seems now that with Adam no, O'Brien- Hey, mate, you, you talk about a few things that have got to line up. Like the Broncos' Kevy Walters was absolutely under the gun. 
Like there was there was so many people knifing him yeah. from inside the Broncos and outside, mm. saying that he was a rookie coach who had no powerful voice at all as far as coaching philosophies are concerned. And look at them now. Yeah. Because of the roster. It wasn't just still you know, <laughs> as much as what Kevy's done but to be able to bring the group together. Those people behind the scenes at the Broncos, they still there? The ones that were. Oh, they just go quiet. It's funny that they go quiet. And how the noise helped them help the coach yeah, yeah, turn around. Right. It, it was because criticism. of the pressure and the criticism. Speaking of well-run um, rugby league clubs, West Tigers, uh, Chammy, Here's your two minutes. I'll allot you two <laughs> minutes and two minutes only to talk about this mob each and every week. We've been them last week, but uh, there has been a bit. So Alex Twoll has been told to leave. Scored your try, mate. See you later. Um, Dave Ferner has been told out of nowhere we're reading. Why is it out of nowhere? Because the whispers have been around for months. Dave Ferner, if he's saying it's out of nowhere, he would have heard the whispers. Yeah, I don't think it's out of nowhere. He was very much aligned with Tim Sheens. Yep. Their relationship goes a long way and goes a long way back. Back to Canberra does, yeah. And it doesn't come as a great surprise, but it does worry me about what Benji's doing with his staff and experience levels. So the criticism that was – remember about two months ago we wrote a story – well, not even two months ago. We wrote a story about how a couple of player agents had met with the club to raise concerns about the development of their players. Mm. The concerns are around the the coaching – defensive coaching of David Ferner as well Mm. as what Tim Sheens was doing and the lack of attention – now, I don't want to criticise David Ferner, but this is what was was translated to the club – a lack of attention to detail around the defensive coaching. The club took that on board. And they've moved on from mm. David Ferner. Now, right call, wrong call. David Ferner is a respected figure in the game. Works with the Kangaroos, former NRL coach, and obviously one of the one of the great players of the '90s and early 2000s. So he's got a good resume. But when the players are raising those concerns, and the agents are holding the key to players potentially coming to the club or re-signing, mm. the Tigers felt like they were in a position where they had to act, and they did with Tim Sheens when the door opened for Tim Sheens to leave. He said to him. Let's move on. Let, let, let's see if I can work out an exit strategy from coaching, but I want to move into the GM role. Well, the Tigers said, no, nah, well, you can have your exit, but you can leave yeah. altogether. So he went and put a Penrith hat on. And then he went and put a Penrith hat on within a Up couple of days. Up the pars he was seen saying it <laughs> yeah, as he, he walked was, out of yeah. uh, Concord. Yes, yes. What's yeah. it leave though? Don't, like, don't, so there's an, when we now move to an independent review of the entire club. Oh, really? Right. An independent review. Yeah, which it, will be run by NRL, former NRL Chief Financial but Officer is it about Tony Crawford. Or is it just the governance structure? Yeah, governance structure operations, right? Yeah. So yeah. who comes under that? Mm-hmm. Chairman, CEO, yeah. and how the club is run. Who's organised that? Who, the owners it? of the West Tigers. It came after which a is petition. Harry. No, no, it's, it's West, West, West Ashfield oh, side sorry, of the business. The, okay, yeah. the two boards. The majority. But Not it's, the it's come after criticism from fans who who started the petition to basically say there's no way of basically there's no way of change at this club and we demand change and to be fair to West Ashville they, they've taken the criticism from the fans yeah. and members on board and said okay we'll do what you like we'll organize an external review of the governance and look at implementing things in the structure of the board or the organization the corporate governance to fix a you know potential a, problem you know what's a dollar 20 favorite for this independent <laughs> review to come out with what do you got for us why do you have two boards Running your footy club, but it's a joint. That's the that's yeah. The, but then yeah, now but you're opening the can of worms of a joint venture. Well, they don't though, Adam. They, they don't. don't. Well, no, because Balmain mean nothing anymore. The West hold all the power. Yeah, West hold but all the there, power because Balmain two, sold though? that. Is there two? I oh, know. I, I think side Balmain have got two directors on there. They've got no. They haven't got majority of the the board is West. West run that club. Anyway, that's more than two minutes on the West Tigers. By the way, mm. what about Twali? Yeah, what what happened? He's obviously free to look around. The clubs have. I've spoken to clubs who have said they've been. He's been offered. To them. He's got a contract? 
Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not, next not year? sure yeah. if the Tigers have said, see, okay. have a look, or if he said to the Tigers, can well, I have a look around? No, no, they, they've definitely got, told him. He can look. You're, you're free to leave mm. if you find another club. Jeez. He's on 500000 Do you think you'll get someone to pay him 500000 That's a, That's a pretty good salary, eh? No, I don't. Hmm. What do you think? I don't think. I think. So. I think, he's I think if you go, great for you culture, look across the market. Great for, yeah, you know, like he's the kind of guy you want at your football club. And I, from speaking to people around the West Tigers, like he's loved there, and he's loved by the fans. He trains hard. He sets a standard, and he might not have the, the best skills in the game, but he's an he, ornament he works of the game. Hard. Honestly, he he's one of those guys. He's, yeah. he's I'd take him. If Flano Dragons, can we get him something? Manly, swap him with Schuster. Straight swap. <laughs> no, thanks. I'd rather twelve. <laughs> no, I'm just throwing it out there. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you come up straight away with oh, this is what he's on type thing. Yeah. So that must be at the heart of the matter. He's on too much for what we're getting out of him as a footy player. Uh, I, you, you wouldn't believe how many decisions are made based on that on that the, the, the the salary figure. That's all. Mm. The problem is though, at the moment that clubs hear that he's being free, he's free to look around. Mm. They think they've got the upper hand and say, okay, well, if they want to get rid of him, how much are you going to chip in? So yeah. just suddenly the Tigers lose the leverage in that conversation knowing mm. that they've given him permission to look around. So, oh, what, you know, okay, we'll look under the bonnet. What's going on here? Is something wrong? What We'll get him cheap then. If you really want to get rid of him, give us 100000 we'll pay him four. Or give yeah. us one fifty, we'll yeah. pay him three fifty. It's going to be hard because I think automatically the assumption from clubs is something's – we can get something out of the West Tigers here. And to be fair, the West Tigers have got a lot of middles. Clemmer, Stefano – Pole's come through. Bateman's playing sort of that middle role mm. as well. Perhaps they just don't see the need for an extra one. They can use that money elsewhere. Yep, right. Up. We've gone way over on the West Tigers. He said too many. Let me get this point. Who brought this one up on the group chat before we came in here today? It's a good one. What impact do scandals actually have on the NRL? Who brought it up? Was that you? Producer Charlie, was it? Producer Charlie. Charlie. Oh, was it? Look at him. He's, he's, really? he's pointing to the name on the back of his shirt <laughs> and he's carrying on. He's doing a lap of honour. Oh, he's taking his shirt off, Charlie. No, get it back on. Um, it's a good question because I wouldn't have thought in light of Valentine Holmes, which did significant numbers on your clickbait articles this week, sorry to call them that, but, you know, you put the good headline on there and it drags uh, you in. You're right. But I don't imagine that it's going to affect the broadcast numbers of these two games this weekend. So in a general sense, does it really knife the game in any significant way, these things? Not in isolation. Mm. But if you have a sequence of events and you fail to reprimand, and come down hard on players who ultimately, Adam, do I want my kids seeing Valentine Holmes post photos like that? Mm. No, I don't. And and I think in isolation it doesn't have much impact, but if we have three, four, 10, 20 players, 30 players start to post this type of stuff, you're going to have a major issue on your hands. I mean, when did, when did you come into the game? Like Early 2000s. Early 2000s. I remember early 2000s, there was a period there where it was – like a scandalathon, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in late preseason. Oh, mate, yeah. You can keep Whereas going. they've dried up these days significantly com in comparison to those days. But mm. was the game materially affected back then by it? Do you think? Uh, look, look, I think sponsors. There were absolute periods. I mean, the Roosters went through a horrific period mm. uh, where they lost major sponsor after major mm. sponsor due to a, a series of off-field scandals. Mm. So there's no denying it has a major impact. And what, what and, and certainly coming out of COVID, where corporate sponsorship and commercial dollars are, are thin on the ground, yeah. I think you'd be naive not to suggest that it would have not not have a trickle effect at some point. Mm. But my my actual 
point with this Valentine situation is not in isolation does it impact, to mm. your point, you're still going to watch the game yeah. and sponsors are still going to be there. I would like to ask the Cowboys major sponsors if they're they're happy about it or Valentine Holmes' personal sponsor. He does have third parties, does well, he? Well, I absolutely yeah, I would. Imagine. It's, it's yeah. reputational damage. That's the thing. And and this whole notion that – and you, you guys would have heard it. They are rugby league players. They're idiots. They, are, they get it. They're no good. It does nothing for that to change that narrative. Yeah. And for so long, rugby league has been looked at as the – as the well, compared to rugby union players, the well, educated you, rugby union players. You ask an group, AFL fan rug, about rugby league, and they go, oh, "Those Neanderthals." And it's not those, fair, you know. It's not fair, heads. but yeah. it's, it's and it's not accurate. But photos like that do nothing to change that narrative because mm. what's in that bag is irrelevant. The contents of that bag is irrelevant. It's what that image represents and what it says about the person who put it up. That even if it is a prank, really, like in this day and age, that's like. The, you're asking a mushroom for cloud over the, the comparison with rugby union always gets me because mm. it's only for like you'd have to live in an absolute bubble to not to think that the rugby union players aren't doing the exact same thing mm. as rugby league players. It's no one, so, no societal. <laughs> it's the it's that. Yeah. It's that no one cares. Mm. We or do not. That it, we do not, not dumb enough to post it to social media. Yeah, we do not. We do not have wall to wall coverage of rugby union mm. in in Sydney. Yeah, we don't. We have wall to wall coverage of the NRL. Yeah, in Sydney, and and it, that's because there's a major appetite for for the, that code. Yeah, and to think that you know rugby union players aren't doing the same thing, I just find that farcical. No, it, it's I mean, there's every <laughs> it's every, societal. Every person in yeah. like of a of a certain age will be you know yeah. doing things on weekends that they look back on in ten years time on social media and go, what on earth was I doing? Yeah. Or and and it's hard to explain. Like my seven year old saw the photos. Like, what's that? What's happened to Valentine Holmes? I'm thinking, how do I explain? He's drinking tequila, son. Well, I told my 14 year old son (laughs) what it was, what it was, why he's gonna, why he's gonna be busted, yeah, why it's not good for him, yeah. Actually, for a certain age, I must say, I got teenage kids. That for a certain age, when things like this happen, it's actually a conversation starter of the conversation that you're actually going to have anyway. Those early teens. But your your younger ones, like your seven, eight-year-olds. Yeah, who are so naive and innocent. You you don't even know what drugs are. How am I going to explain this to them? No, exactly. Did the NRL hit the roof over this, the mushroom cloud? He's been hit with a breach notice. So so he has five days to respond to the allegation of what he was doing with the white uh, bag and that – that five days is ticking. So we'll see what it comes to. This is part of the new RLPA, CBA negotiations. They've got this – Slotted in where the actual NRL can't announce what the punishment is for five days. Do we like it? Oh, it doesn't change the punishment. Mate. As long as it doesn't change the punishment. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but there's yeah, there's some interesting things coming up in the hour in the CBA, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Anyway. We will. We'll. Um, there's we'll, nothing interesting in the CBA, mate. Ah, find this thing here is going to open up Pandora's box. We'll talk about it after the break, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in a sec. <laughs> Sorry, Janos, James Graham, just interrupting to talk about how we're going to celebrate the NRL finals. Footy Talk is giving away a platinum double pass to the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final on October the 1st. Click on the link in the episode description and use today's code word. That is JAMA. Listen to Footy Talk on Listener, Apple Podcasts or Spotify every day until September the 27th to get a new code word and enter as many times as you like. Righto, Chammy. Your little tease before the... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was well done, well done, Thanks, well man. done. The contract model for player movement 
and how it affects player movement in the NRL. Dave, you can leave the room if you're bored by this Mate, RLPA. I, I, I didn't mean, mean to be arrogant. Your eyes glazed over. I didn't nah, mean to be arrogant. Be Acronym. I, I, I'm, arrogant. I, I was coming across from after two and a half years of negotiations with the yeah. CBA. See, this bloke. Where I'd usually get a pillow out. <laughs> you have to fill the <laughs> line. I like to get the doona up nice and <laughs> yeah, tight and yeah. just have a really good lie down whenever anyone I hate the, the CBA, CBA as well. I hate the CBA. So, so I'm not even talking about the CBA. This bloke. For like for a few shows, I was trying to yes. bait him earlier this year. I refused. So, I and he, he went on a, a strike over a the strike. Bo- boycotted the I boycott. Sh- <laughs> I, strike, I strike the strikeout. Double boycott. Yeah. Righto, Jeffrey Boycott. Let's go. <laughs> What's happening? There was a meeting this week with the clubs, and one of the things that both the Telegraph and the Herald picked up on, having looking at the model, is from now on, or from November one, players who agree to terms with another club. They won't be able to sign that contract. They have to register an intent to sign that contract with the NRL. The NRL then go to the incumbent club and say, okay, you have now, now have 10 days to convince this guy to stay. Every contract? Every contract. What? So let's just use real people, for example. Mitchell Moses, start of the year, deciding his future. Yeah. West Tigers, 1.4 million. Okay, I'm going to agree to accept that deal. Yeah. NRL gets the contract, intent to sign, notify the Eels. The Eels now have 10 days. Manager Cooling would be here. laughing. Oh, mate, imagine the bluffs going on. Has an agent come up with this idea? Well, I don't know where it's come. I'm trying to find out because it's so silly. <laughs> and this is the worst part of it. After the 10 days, if Parramatta don't fall for the, you know, take their bluff and, and fall yeah. for it and come up with some sort of offer, Mitchell Moses can then pull out of the initial offer that he was willing to accept. And then go back to having no deal exactly. on the open market again. Exactly. It's uh, going to open up Pandora's box. And I'll tell you what, there are relationships think, between uh, player managers and recruitment managers. Say, do me a favour here, pretend you're interested in this guy. Don't worry. At the end of the 10 days, we'll we'll back out. But I need you to go in and say you're interested. I think you're getting a little bit emotional. I'm flying up. <laughs> honestly, well, why are you getting you know so what? emotional about this? No, it's 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 silly. But you know what? I love it. Because do you know what it means for us? <laughs> 10 Yarns. days of stories. Yeah. Story look, look, on hey. the guy so- signing the contract that he wants to intend uh, to leave. Story yeah. on ringing the other club, the incumbent. Are you interested in keeping this guy? Are you going to make him an offer? Then when they make him an offer, is he going to reje- reject it? Is he going to backflip? It's backflip Shammy. central, baby. Yeah, we're on. back. I, I, <laughs> I actually rang Daily Cherry Evans. I said, we're back, baby. <laughs> hey, mate, listen. I'm, I'm all for more content. Great. I'm with you. Right? Yeah, that, keeps, that keeps us in a job. Yeah. However, However. If, if a club hasn't done hard enough work to get a contract done, but what are they going to do different in the next 10 days? Well, they know that this guy's calling their bluff or they're going to have to do something. So Stephen Crichton at the start of the year, negotiations went on and on and on. Stephen Crichton accepted the deal with the Bulldogs without even hearing an offer from Penrith, which was apparently going to happen the next day at a meeting. He said, stuff it. This is taking too long. I'm taking the deal at Penrith, uh, at the Bulldogs. And so what was the Penrith deal? We didn't hear it. He's going to have to hear it now, isn't he? But you you work at Penrith. So where, <laughs> where, what would have been the deal? The deal would have been about... Seven fifty to eight hundred thousand. Yeah. I can't remember. Now. It was that. It would have been less the, than the dogs, right? Well, they, the thing is, the club doesn't get told what the offer actually is. They just get told the next that he has agreed to a deal with this club. It gives the club an opportunity. It gives the club's opportunities. It gives third parties out there who may hear. You know what? You know this what? This guy's I'm, leaving the club. An opportunity yeah. to come and say, you know what, Penrith, I might have an extra hundred thousand for you to keep Stephen crying at the club. Yeah. I thought what Braith and Esther said last night on 360 was a really telling point from from who Braith obviously a manager as well, where you might get clubs putting in unders offer and an offer under, well well below yeah. his his mark, and then the interested club 
comes in with a with a dummy offer, right? And you end up getting the player at a vastly different rate, at bottom rate. Mm. What? Yeah. What do you mean? The low balling. Low, low balling to utilize the fact that you've got this 10 day period to kind of work it out. The club and will go low back ball. and forth. Yes. I don't see how that happens. I thought, I, I feel as though a good deal is now dead. You can't get a cheap deal anymore because the, you don't know what the offer is. You've got 10 days to actually try and get a deal done. Will you be lowballing him and risking it? If it's a player you care about, forget about the guys you want to let go, you don't care about. If it's a player that you care about keeping, uh, this, this will put kids of oh, agents through school. This deal. <laughs> Kids of eight. Oh, 100%. I've spoken to clubs that said there's not going to be any good deal done now. Yeah. You just won't be able to. And, and a lot of the deals are getting done based on secrecy. So Reese Walsh, right, last year, right, he signed with Brisbane. It was bizarre. Like, it, like you're not allowed to go to the Dolphins. You can go to Brisbane yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you're leaving the Warriors. It's so, like, what? So under that model, everyone's going to know that Brisbane have come for him. And if they can do a little bit of digging, they'll find, okay, Brisbane have offered him 450. Hang on a second. This guy's worth 800. Yeah. I don't think clubs are going to be able to do good deals, secret deals, and sometimes deals will fall over because it's going to get out. You can't do a you can't yeah, do out. a deal in secrecy. Now, no club will ever announce a contract ever again because you know why? As soon as the other club finds out, the incumbent club that the West Tigers have just offered Mitchell Moses, you know what Parramatta are going to do? Spin the narrative, mm. tell the media. It's it's going to happen, which is great for us. <laughs> <laughs> November one is that still a thing though? Are they keeping that idea? June thirty's back, isn't it? June thirty's back. June thirty's thir uh, back. Well, in, in terms of what, November 1 is still the period of free agency and they're actually going to be even stricter on it now. At the moment, the rules are quite loose that you, a year before, you can talk to a player, let's say, mm. I don't know. Uh, Jerome Luai. Jerome Luai, 2024. Yeah. On November 1, clubs can actually officially, right under the old rules, mm. make him an offer. They yeah. can talk to him now as yeah. much as they want as long as they don't make an offer. They're changing <laughs> that. November 1 now is a strict date. You cannot have a conversation with Jerome Luai about 2025. Yes, okay. you can. You can have a conversation. You just can't submit a formal offer. Not under you the can't new talk rules. numbers. Under the new rules? Yeah. Well, that's the old rules. You couldn't talk off. I think you, you, there is no talk whatsoever now <laughs> under the new rules. Which all of it, oh. no offer, but you can talk. Yeah. The anti-tampering stuff, they're going to really crack down on. The, it won't happen. No, I agree. It can't happen. Well, let's see if people. Well, they're going to go through people's tampering. rubbish, are they? Well, maybe. Watch a good docker. Ezra, Ezra Mam's a big one coming up. Yeah, yeah. At the Broncos. He's yeah. a November one yeah. available yeah. to go to market. And, and the Broncos don't and, want him to walk out and, the door. And you're telling me right now no club's having a conversation with his manager. <laughs> I thought you said this conversation was boring. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not bad, not have bad. I, have I got you across nah, the No, you got me. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding a bet info, by the way. Have a look at the Balco doco on Netflix. Yeah, very good. Very what good. Is it? It's interesting. This guy doesn't watch television. I don't do that. I swear to God. I'll tell you what he does. He plays PlayStation 24-7. No, I used to. I used to. no, you still do? No, no, no. He fiddles with some NBA kind of joystick. NBA 2K24. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. You know what I do? I just go through people's rubbish. That's what I do. Ross, which is a part of this Balco, so, so you can appreciate it. Oh, okay, um, roster management, by the way, the, the it's happening now, even though like we Sorry. were talking before we came on. Just give me a second. Dave My wife's asked me to transfer some money. i got to do that. <laughs> oh. Is that important? Yeah. I'll talk to Dave while you do that. Um, we were talking and he said, are you taking holidays straight off the season? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to stick around for a bit. And I said, well, you'll have a bit of player, mm. player movement stuff to go on. Yeah. Which is good. It'll keep the rugby league narrative going yeah. in the off season. Yeah, it will. It will. Um been and, happening at the and, Chooks. The, the Roosters are going to be interesting. The, the biggest story there is Angus, Angus Crichton hmm. and a potential approach from Rugby Union. Are the Roosters happy for him to go? No, uh, I get the sense that they won't stand in his way. As opposed to a Swahili deal that was kind of talked about I think about you've got ages. two different players that are playing at two different abilities at this point in time of their careers, I th right? I think the Roosters, 
from the conversations I've had, I don't know if this stacks up to what you've heard, Dave, but are willing to let him go to rugby union. Yeah. But that, they're not going to let him go to another, another club. Another NRL club, that's right. So yeah. in other words, you've been a good servant to us. If you want to go and switch codes, we can understand. You want to try something different, but we're not going to go help another club. Mm. And that is helped by the fact that they've got a couple of unheralded guys performing well above, again, back to yeah. what they're getting, yeah. a wedge. Yeah. So they can upgrade them, keep right. them, and everyone's happy. And the reality is I don't think an NRL club is paying Angus Crichton 675 next year. No. Therefore, the Roosters are going to be asked to chip in and they've got no appetite to do that. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I so, mean, you put it into context, I find it absolutely stunning and staggering that Angus Crichton's coming off the bench on Friday night against the Melbourne Storm. Two yeah. seasons ago, that would have been impossible. Mm. I mean, Angus it was, is, a, it was a World Cup team. Uh, exactly. Season. But his impact Not even two when he has been coming on, even when the Roosters were going like bustards, yeah. you could see it. Oh, yeah. one, oh he's one a class player. He's, yeah. But Siwa Wong is special. Like, I think yeah. everyone can see that this, this kid's going to be a superstar and there is a feeding frenzy at the moment for his services. So the Roosters know, he's on, I think he's on 180 this year, mm. 180. And he's got a contract for next year, which isn't a lot more than that. Yeah. They're going to, they've already started talks to upgrade him yep. and extend him long-term. But he's eligible, he's a, he's a Kiwi kid, Eligible for the All Blacks, he's caught their their eye. Hmm. He can play for Tonga. He can play for in Australia. He can play in rugby league. Sorry, he can play for Tonga, New Zealand, Samoa. He's played for Fiji last year at the World Cup, and clubs are starting to circle. Have Queensland can't claimed him yet. Well, I don't think they can do that. Uh, I don't he, know if he's eligible. I don't think he's eligible for Origin. He didn't come over until he was fifteen, oh, okay. so he wouldn't so, be eligible. I think he is though eligible for Australia if he wants to play. Mm. Some we'll get him to give, give Ronaldo Mulatalo a call. Yeah, and we'll get Some out from there. <laughs> um, the big one will be Luke Keary. Now, Luke Keary's off contract at the end of next season. Mm -hmm. You know, look, he has been so significant for the Roosters' resurgence. And it's a really delicate balance because you've also got Sandon Smith and Sam Walker mm. as the next gen coming through. Mm. But what clubs are finding, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters try and keep Luke for another season, mm. uh, offer him a new deal, because what clubs are finding is you need three halves mm -hmm. in, your, in your footy club. And look, look at the Panthers right now with Walsh. Yeah. You know, like they – that is so fortunate. Well, with Cogger. Sorry, not yeah. Walsh, Cogger. It, that, that's just been huge for them. Yeah. Mm. And I see a similar situation at the Roosters where you are able to uh, bring your new halves in but still have a quality backup mm. and leader to guide them yeah. next season. Does he want to play? Well, it's debatable. Mm. Looked uh, like he wanted to play the other night. Oh, yeah. Charged just that, all the uh, talk for so long has been that he's – what, one year, then he's done. May, he's done. May, he may want to go. He's obviously still got potential. And there's so many of the halves in the competition who are 30-plus who are in the top five, ten halfbacks in the competition anyway. So yeah. Like Ben Hunt. Like Ben Hunt. Well, he wasn't, wasn't that good this year, Benny, unfortunately. Is but he gonna, he's is a good he, player. Is he gonna, are you cheering him next season? He was yeah. their best player. You're Red V. Oh, it's not that hard. Yeah, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's good. I, I, this is the argument. Like I'm a Dragons fan, and I may be biased, and I'm passionate about it. I don't care how good you are as an individual – if you're playing that good and you can't get your team to the eight, I don't care that you're playing well. Like his job, he's paid a lot of money to get the team to the eight and they haven't done it for so long. Like if it's – if if hey, I didn't think that about Daly Cherry Evans this year. He was remarkably good. Daly. And we didn't get to the eight. And I'm like full yeah, but, of praise but, for the way he looked. But you have, but you so have mean, been there. Look at the roster yeah. too, mate. Look, you can't – Yeah, but you can't say look at the roster. He's taken up a fair chunk of that. Yeah. It's hard to get players, and he's brought the club. Like he was heading up the he's recruitment a, with his good mate Anthony Griffin. Mate, no dummy half, rookie fullback. Well, that's their fault. They signed Andrew McCulloch for three years. Yeah, like, and which Ben Hunt would have approved. But Flano's 
Flano's pretty ben keen Hunt to have would him have there. Approved. What, oh. they, we're walking into the meetings with Andrew McCulloch and going, hey, Ben, do you mind if we sign this guy? Yeah. Well, Anthony Griffin's relationship with with, oh, with Ben on. Hunt, the captain of the club, who is good friends with and Andrew McCulloch, who played 20s together and NRL together at Brisbane. Are you, are you what about the next that? one, Jacob Little? Would he have approved about, that one too? What about half the Queensland side that they bought? But, but Josh McGuire. Would he have approved Jacob Little? No, because that was just now. Would he have uh, Josh make, would he have made sure they re-signed Mika Ravalawa? Josh McGuire. Are you saying he has Suey a say on every player at the, at the Dragons? I, I'm, I'm certain that Anthony Griffin would have run these past him. I, I don't think he can complain about the roster because oh, he was part of it. I was waiting for this. This is great. It's like half an hour in. We finally got <laughs> to I don't, I don't want Ben Hunt to go. I, I, whatever. He's a good player. but Is he going to go? He hasn't taken us to the finals in three years. Is he going to go? For how long has it been? I don't even remember now. This is the last chance you get to talk about the Dragons or the Tigers for I'm the rest of the year. been to the finals twice. Until the offseason, all right? Flano, can you do something? Okay. He's in, he's, I don't think he's going next year, no. Fair yeah, if no, it's, I if it's a terrible year, I think he'll go the year Yeah, after. I'm with I'm with Shammy on that. Quick one. Up the pars, huh? Up the pars. What were they thinking? I don't you know. hate Jerome. They deleted it, didn't they? It's got nothing to do with Jerome. <laughs> it wasn't Jerome. Was Jerome also posted it as well. I'm I a didn't. huge fan of their media manager, Blocky, out there. He's a champion, right? But. Honestly, they deleted it, did they? Up the pass? Yeah, yeah, of course they deleted it. Why did yeah. they delete it? Because it was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I, I we called, all make mistakes. I called Matt Cameron that morning after seeing it, and I was thinking, oh, this is. Didn't like, Matt Cameron ring you? No. Oh, I thought that's why it usually works. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they no, met up for coffee. Oh, morning. sorry. No, no, mate. Sort of cafe out he there. He didn't know about Mary's. the video, and he saw it, and he asked, the, he, he rang Cameron George straight away, and I think he was on a plane and apologized. That's something yeah. that he wasn't <laughs> happy about, uh, and it was deleted, and. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I didn't think it was. I don't think Ivan would care about that sort of stuff. I, don't, I think Ivan has embraced the little bit of arrogance that that team has. That you know, yeah. and I, I, what I found fascinating was everyone blowing up at the Penrith players as if they were the ones who <laughs> put the video together and were sending it out. Like yeah, yeah, these yeah. grubs, look at them. Like, a second. Okay, the digital team has been crucified for it, but it's, it's got nothing to do with the players. They wouldn't yeah. have known what was going on. It'd be good to be arrogant about yourself, and that's fair enough. But when you start bringing other people in, like a bit like Novak the other day when he beat that uh, young Shelton in the semi final of the US Open. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Shelton's doing the like the, the, phone. the phone call to his thing to say, yeah, I'm on the line or whatever like that. <laughs> Novak Novak's smashed gets him, just hangs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carve up. <laughs> that is a carve up. That yeah. is a carve up. But yeah, the players weren't at fault. But I'll tell you what. They will fall. And I've had this conversation with Penrith before. The day will come when they are not the elite team yeah. and they will fall. And on the way down, <laughs> all the people they have pissed off along the way will be gunning for them. Yeah. Be like you. Your mob as well. True? Yeah, that's that's par for the course. That's right. At the moment, you can go for them and then they've got the right to say, whatever, mate. We, we, we've won back-to-back premierships, potentially three in a row here. We don't care what you say. But there will come a time where they will fall. Yeah. And they're going to have to cop everything they get. And I'm telling you, Chammy. It's exactly the same situation with your career. With my career? Yeah. <laughs> when you start to fall, when I've, you start... I've, I haven't even risen yet. Yeah, you know, you I've, have. I've You're on the bottom. footy. You got Danny sick the other day, so you can do his shift on there. So He's you... sick because he walks his dog at 3am. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> That'll do us, I think. On that note, Dave Riccio, thanks for coming in, mate. We'll see thanks you soon. Thanks for having us, boys. Happy well, Danny. Jamie. Riccio. Take well it done, easy. mate. You're back next week. Have a good week, everyone.